from Byron, Mississippi. It's Lakeshore Church. And now we join Pastor Jay Frazier for today's message. But here it is, it says this. When they approached Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and told them, Go into the village ahead of you, and as soon as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it, and we will send it back here right away. So he went and found a colt outside in the street tied by a door. They untied it, and some of those standing there said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? They answered them They answered them just as Jesus had said, so they let them go. They brought the donkey to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their clothes on the road, and others spread leafy branches cut from the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. He went in Jerusalem and into the temple. After looking around at everything since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord. As I do, I, I ask you, Lord, my tr- words would truly be your words. My thoughts, God, would be yours. And most of all, we'd walk in obedience to everything that we hear today. God, realizing, Lord, that you did all this for me. And God, I give you praise and glory in the house of the Lord today. But Lord, bring glory and honor to yourself in these next few minutes, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. A lot can happen in a week. <laughs> All of us could talk about maybe the toughest weeks of our life or whatever, but this applies to Jesus as well. As I've already said, can you imagine? Can you imagine that he knew? K-N-E-W, he knew, but he still did it. Can you imagine what it must have been like for the triumph of that day or that we observe today on Palm Sunday to the tragedy that was pending? Can you imagine what it was like to have all the, the peace and all the well wishes that in the midst of that, Jesus knew that it was going to be the most writhing pain a person had ever experienced. <laughs> Can you imagine what it was like for the, to be the celestial and it wouldn't be but a few days you would be called a common criminal? Hosannas, which is basically a, a big word in that culture for praising. They went from praising him to crying crucify him. I found this and it speaks so much volumes that, and basically the, the pastor said everybody had an agenda. Here's what he said. Everyone who lined the streets had a different reason for waving those palms. Some were political activists. They had heard Jesus had supernatural power and they wanted him to use it to free Israel from Roman rule. Others had loved ones who were sick or dying and they waved branches hoping for physical healing. Some were onlookers merely looking for something to do. While others were genuine followers who wished Jesus would establish himself as an earthly king. Jesus was the only one in the parade who knew why he was going to Jerusalem. He was going to Jerusalem to die. He had a mission while everyone else had an agenda. What, what a great thought. And yet this week for Jesus was the worst. You might come up with some other times that when he was assaulted or things that went on, but I believe it was his, earthly, his earthly life, this was the worst week of Jesus' life, his entirety here. In this week, you can go back and read it. You can see it there in the pages, even in Mark. A lot of them are found in the gospel of Mark. This is what happened to Jesus in this week. In that week, that last week, that weird week, he was betrayed. 
he was denied, he was rejected, he was alone, lies were told about him. I've often thought about that. Can you imagine how that was? Hmm. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and yet lies were told on him. He was questioned, he was ridiculed, he was spit on. Can you imagine? He was beaten, he was traded for a murderer, <laughs> he was scourged with the cat of nine tails. Hmm. They said that they would only put 39 lashes on someone because 40 would kill someone. Hmm. And he was nailed to a cross. What a weird, weird week. Why did this week change drastically like it did? Why, why was it so drastic a change? Why was he glorified coming in and he was honored coming in and yet it ended the way that it did? It had to be the sovereignty of God. It was all in God's plan. Don't ever forget that. Sometimes we all need to be reminded. I'm just talking about therapeutically for Jay. We all gotta be reminded that God has a plan. Now I've gotta be in his plan. I've gotta live right. I've gotta be right with God to, to, to know that God is working his plan. But it was all in God's plan. Remember this, somehow he had to get Jesus to the tree for you and me. Reminded of a song that's been sung for many, many years and it says he grew the tree that he knew would be used to make the old rugged cross. Long before the tree was ever big enough, the trunk was ever big enough to be cut down and to be hewn into a cross, God planted that tree years and years and years before that he knew was the designated tree that the Son of God was gonna hang on to pay sin's debt for you and me. Why did everything change? I'll give you four things today. First, it reminds me of the depth of sin. You probably being here this morning and hearing before the offering what I said, this, this kind of stuff is just resonating with me. It looks like we are going to, the, going to hell in the handbasket in our world. It seems like our society, more and more we're celebrating things that are abomination in God's word. It seems like the, the weirder it is out there, the more we celebrate it. And I wanna remind you that God went to great depths, the depth of sin, I should say. God went to great lengths to deal with it. The men on, on Monday and Friday at six o'clock, we invite you men to be here if you, you can. Uh, if you're not a morning person, it might help you <laughs> to become one. But we've, we've now done, over these years, we've done now one chapter a day, two chapters a week. We're now, when we finish Revelation, we will have done the entire New Testament. I'm so excited about that. And we've decided we're fixing to get into Genesis next. I, I don't know what we're going to do when we get to Numbers and Deuteronomy and Leviticus. We're probably going to skip those. But uh, it's really unique. But we're right in the middle of Revelation, Revelation 7 and 8 and 9, right in that area. When the wrath of God is to be poured, is being poured out and going to be poured out and what John saw on this world and how God's going to deal with it. And it reminds me, and we need to hear this today, that we, it reminds me, why would God do that? We need to look at it a little differently, I think. We need to understand the depth and the clutches of sin and what it's done to this world. It is not just this namby-pamby thing. You and I don't even know what a world's like with no sin. I can tell you what heaven's going to be like. Heaven's, I believe there's everything about me. Heaven's going to be just like today, but there's not going to be any sin, and we have no concept of what that looks like. None. Why did everything change? Because of the depth of sin. Why did God allow that to happen to Jesus on the cross for you and me? It's because of sin. And let's don't ever water it down. Don't ever think it's nothing. The word of God says if we sin willfully after the knowledge of the truth, we trodden underfoot the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's not dumb it down. 
Let's not talk about sin. It's, oh, it's just a little namby-pamby thing. Oh, no, 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 no. There's a depth to sin that I don't think we understand today. And we've watered it down to the point that people just excuse it almost. Listen. Oh, listen. The depth and despair and destruction dealing with sin. Sin has a grip aspect that I don't really think people understand today. We've become so normal to it all around. But also, hmm, somebody's got to pay. <laughs> the world that I live in, it's amazing with kids and Somebody's got to pay. <laughs> Dad, I can hear it right now. <laughs> Dad, somebody's got to pay. You ever know that? Nothing's free. Every time somebody says, hey, salvation's free. Just remember this. You know the reason it's free? Because <laughs> Jesus paid. Jesus paid it all. And all to him I owe. Mm. It's good stuff. Look at this purse. In Isaiah 53, 5 and 6, it says, But he was pierced because of our rebellion. He was crushed because of our iniquities. The punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We all have turned our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. Now, you listen to that and read those two verses and tell me there's not a depth of sin. We need to fix our theology, folks. That if God Almighty would allow that to happen to his son, sin must be pretty, there must be a pretty big cost to sin. And sometimes I think we've just removed a lot of that. Hmm. Secondly, why did everything change? <laughs> well, I've come to tell you today, especially at that first point, is there's a deep love of God for you. Not a person here, you might have had the worst, you might have had the worst childhood, adulthood, the worst life as far as love and hate of people, anybody here in the church. You might say, I got a list of people that have said they were, they were supposed to love me, but they really didn't love me the way they should. But I want to remind you today that God loves you. <laughs> it, sometimes we say, in spite of us, he still loves us. It doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter where you've been. doesn't matter the worst sinner here or the best sinner here. God loves us. Why did everything change? Why did God the Father and Jesus do what they did and the Holy Spirit involved? Why did God do what he did? It's because the depth of love that he has for you and he has for me. It's the most recognized verse in all the world. You know it. It's John 3, 16. And the, the reason I believe it's the most recognizable verse in all the word of God for us is because the way it started, for God so loved I saw this one time, instead of putting the world in there, put your name in there, it, it'll change the whole verse for you. Because sometimes we look at it so broadly, we need to be reminded, for God so loved Jay. Hmm. And you put your name there, and it changes everything. The deep love of God. The motivation for what God did and why he did it and the extent that he went to. Yes, we have the depth of sin that had to be dealt with on the cross. And the spotless Lamb of God was the only one that could do that. But we also have the deep love of God. Today, take a moment, stop, and realize how much God loves you. I, I, boy, I'd like to hang out there. Mm, time doesn't allow us to as much as we want to. But just stop and realize today how much God loves you. And listen, if the enemy starts pouring in something in your mind and says, but wait a second, if God loved you, this wouldn't have happened and that wouldn't have happened. And you'd have been born to them instead of them. And you'd have been born over there and not there. And you've been born over there. Come on. Or this wouldn't happen, then that wouldn't happen. Let me tell you something. We're going to have trouble in this world, folks. Amen? We're fallen. 
Because the depth of sin, we have issues that we have to deal with because man's fallen. But don't you ever substitute and don't you ever confuse that with the deep love of God that he has for you. And many people have. Many people have taken things. One of my best sayings I've ever heard is there's a lot of things God gets credit for and blamed for that he doesn't have anything to do with. Hmm. We live like a hoodlum and then when we're, when we're residing in hoodlumville, we blame it on God. Anybody still out there? Look at this passage, Romans chapter 8, verses 35, 39. I got to write that hoodlumville one down for the next service. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We're counted as sheep to be slaughtered. Watch this. No, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth or any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The depth of God's love. Why did everything change? Because of sin, the depth of it, but also because of God's love. Aren't you glad that God doesn't leave us where we are? Yeah. Thirdly, why did everything change for the deliverance of humanity? The only way for deliverance. You know, just the last few days, we have a new address. Um, I could jump so many, chase so many rabbits here. I can't stay long, but um, we ha- I've had a debit card for years. I remember when debit cards came out, uh, th- like the first week we had one. Suzanne got one. That was like a bad mistake, but she got one. And, and, I was literally online sitting in my office and went on the bank where we do our banking. And, and all of a sudden, when I'm on there, I, I opened up the bank, see how I was doing it. And all of a sudden, a, a thing came up. And it was, she, she just spent over $100 somewhere. She was enjoying her debit card. And I just picked up my cell phone and called her. And I said, what did you just spend money such and such? such? She said, how'd you know? And you know me being me. I said, don't you know God speaks to me? True story. <laughs> and so now it's common. We all understand how that works, okay? But I've been scared. My new address is I'm going to use my debit card, and, and it's not going to recognize my new area code, I mean my new zip code. You know what I'm talking about? It's a bunch of that kind of stuff. And, and so this, that new address thing. But you know what I noticed about my new address? I've got about four or five different ways that I can get here. <laughs> I do. i got about four or five different ways if I wanted to. And they're really not much longer or shorter. They're, they're just different ways. Some of them drive me crazy with traffic and different things. But there's several ways that I can get from our new address where we're living in Kapai County to here. I, I'll tell you something else. I love, I, <laughs> I've had several trucks. The other day I was going through the town and, and uh, I never thought I'd be this way. But here I am. This is, I, I guess I'm officially getting older with technology. But I, I rode through a town and, and I want to show you what I, what I found. That, that's a white version of, I had a red one. That was my first truck I ever owned. In 1988, they came out, well, I think it was 88, but it's late 80s. They came out, Nissan came out with the SCV6. They put a V6 motor. I thought, man, this is, the, Jesus got to be coming back. This is it. There's nothing, there's nothing more to technology. And they came out, I, I had to have me one. And, and I mean, it was unbelievable. It, mine, mine was, and they called it the hard body Nissan truck, SCV6. See, after that, I had another one, and then, and then I had to go to a full-size when Zane came along. Everything changed. Everything changed with kids. The reason I'll tell you that is I've told people I couldn't be a car salesman. 
because I like that truck. I like Chevrolets. I know people that like Dodge and people that like Ram. They call it Ram now. They don't like, they like Fords. Bo drives a Ford. You know, there's different, you know, strokes for different folks. But I'll tell you, I I couldn't be a car salesman and walk out on the car lot and go, this is the best. Because that truck I had was good. My other trucks I've had for the most part have been good. It'd be hard for me to sell one thing. Listen to me very carefully. There's only one deliverance for for humanity. (laughs) Mm. Why everything changed on that weird week from the triumphal entry to the resurrection of Jesus Christ a week later. The reason everything changed is because that was the only way that God could redeem humanity. You get it? Some say, well, what about that Old Testament? All the Old Testament sacrifice. Go read in Hebrews. Go read Romans. You'll find out that was the best God could do leading up to Jesus. Hmm. Preacher, why do you think people are going to miss heaven and spend eternity in hell? Because they missed the best. They missed the only way, I should say. God provided deliverance <coughs> for you and me. Hmm. What else is there? If you look at what God did and reject that, what else is there? Deliverance of humanity. John 14, 6. You hear it often. I said all the time. Jesus said unto him, I am the way. Watch this now. I am the truth. I am the life. Listen. No man comes to the Father but through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. Listen to me, folks. I got to move on. Listen to me. That, that good neighbor that you know that helps you every time you need something, they're not going to heaven because they're a good neighbor. They're going to heaven because they know Jesus Christ. That son or daughter that's got four degrees and making all kind of money and they're great people in society, they're not going to heaven because they got degrees and they're making money or they're well-known name. They're going to heaven because they know Jesus Christ. Listen to me. This just so you thought, well, that, that offends me. I, this one's not going to offend you. Just because he pastors a church, just because he preaches the gospel, <laughs> he's not going to heaven because of a calling on his life. I'm going to heaven because I know Jesus Christ personally. Now, let me tell you something. God help us if we leave anybody else with any kind of thought but that. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one. How about that? No one. There's not going to be somebody tunneling in. They're not going to drop in. Mm-mm. No. No one is going to be with the Father except through Jesus Christ. Got to say it. That's the reason I say it a lot, because that's where it starts and that's where it ends. Give you one more. Why did everything change? The destination demands it. Mm. Heaven is holiness. Heaven is holy. No sin there. The scripture says, you'll see it in a minute, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. There's no way except through Christ. We just established that. Look look at this scripture. In, In Revelation chapter 21, verse 27. It says this, nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those written in the Lamb's book of life. Some will say, well, preacher, if I have besetting sins and if I've got sin in my life, are you telling me I'm a doomed, I'm, gone, I'm a goner? No, because the grace of God is poured upon you 
because Jesus' blood is pure. But I'll tell you this. We think we can just live any old way and think that's going to be okay. That's not in the word either. How we ever came up with some of that theology and doctrine is beyond me. God has called us to be holy. Hmm. Be holy as I'm holy. And someone said, well, Brother Jay, I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> I don't want to get into that. I'll preach a whole other sermon to you. But here's what I want to tell you. It ought to be our aim and ambition every day. How we've gotten used to, and I say this, and it, it, it culminates everything I've told you today in this service already. How in the world we've gotten to the point that think anything and everything goes because God's a gracious, loving God is beyond me. This is going to sound so tough. There's probably not a parent in this room that would raise their children that way. That you didn't put standards and responsibilities and parameters on their life. Why do we think a holy, righteous God would do any less than that with you and me? My children rebel. My children don't do what the authority says in their life. I'm still going to love them. I'm still going to be gracious to them. Foot, I'm going to let them sit at the supper table and eat. But I'm still going to have the standard. And there's still going to be expectations. And I say, know that, and then add God to it. You'll see a bigger level. Raise the bars we talked about last week. All right, I've got to wind down. It won't take long. Listen to this. Palm Sunday is a big deal. <laughs> Jesus had to get to Jerusalem. I'll give you some things quickly. It was part of prophecy. Zechariah 9.9. 9. See, this is another thing where I get people say, oh, this is just fantasy and fiction. Well, the only problem with that is, is hundreds of years before all this happened, before Jesus came, there were people that wrote down prophecies that it was going to happen. I mean, God took care of all of it. You know what I'm talking about? When somebody stands in front of them, I just thought it was a fictional story that that preacher was screaming about. God's going to say, well, except for one thing, Zechariah prophesied about it on this day. In Zechariah 9, 9, look what it says. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, daughter of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a, of a donkey. Huh. Then it was also the path to redemption, Isaiah 53, 7. How about that? Another prophecy. Here it is. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, like sheep silent before her shears, he did not open his mouth, the path of redemption. And the last in the New Testament, he was paying the debt. He himself bore our sins and his body on the tree. So that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Today, as I've already said, marks the end of Lent and the beginning of Holy Week. I hope you take opportunity this week to observe everything that we prepared for you. With the tenebrae on Wednesday, yeah, don't miss the Easter egg hunt if you have small kids today and what's going on today. But also, we'll start that. But be reminded as Holy Week. Take some time. Carve out some time. If you're up to date with the Lord and you know him, I hope you would carve out some time with the Lord and just thank him on your level to the extent. I hope it's more clear to you. God went to great extents to provide a redemptive path for us. And don't miss that. And then we'll celebrate it. Haven't said anything. The challenge is still out there. I've enjoyed that from people telling me in the Old Testament that you shouldn't have mark up your body, you know, with tattoos and stuff like that. But the challenge is out there for you. I'm, I'm safe. I, I believe I am. But uh, next Sunday from Easter sunrise service, to the two worship services, a thousand people are here. I've had a lot of people say, what about Facebook, Brother Jay? I said, a lot of people lie on Facebook. 
A lot of people get on Facebook. You don't know this, but they'll show administrators how long somebody stays. We have a lot of people that stay like five seconds on Facebook. And then they tell the pastor they watched this on TV or watched this on Facebook. We don't have that on TV. It'd be a better way to go say it's on TV. But I, t- I thought about this. I said, I'll make, a, I'll make a Facebook. He said, what about a thousand with TV and Facebook? I mean, on Facebook and church. I said, no. But I'll tell you what I'll do. Old Zuckerberg says that if you have one view on, on Facebook, that's like three folks. And I'm going to make a concession, all right? We'll go 1,500. So you go tell your, they can watch for five seconds. You tell your neighbors, hey, just turn on Facebook. But we'll keep up with it. So I figured that if, if I do 600, 600 on that would be 200 views on Facebook. And that's just one service. They got to watch at 1030. But if we have 600, 200 views, that'd be 600 people. Then 900 at church, I'll get my tattoo. Not going to tell you where, not going to tell you how big. I told you what it's going to look like. But that's what we'll do. Let me tell you this seriously before we go, before we pray. So preacher, why would you do that? Because it's one of the few Sundays in the year, probably the Sunday in the year, where people are mindful. More mindful of, of what went on. More questions are asked. More internet searches are, are go on on Holy Week than any other week for Christianity, Judeo-Christian principles and, and precepts. And, and it's not, I don't want a tattoo or need a tattoo or whatever, but the whole idea is for us to be reminded that you know what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to pray and go. We're supposed to put door hangers on somebody's door. We're supposed to have somebody in church with us. We're supposed to be about community and building bridges to people's souls. Just that. I think I'm safe. I don't think I'll have the pain of it, uh, of the needle. But my point is this. God help us. God went to great lengths to redeem us. Don't you think we should ramp it up to respond to what he did for us? God help us. What a weird week. But you know, at the end of that week, hope was born. Hope was born. We'll celebrate that next week. All right? If you're able, will you stand with us? Brother Jay, why did we have this weird week? Don't you think about this? I know already this is the way the enemy works in our life. He brings up all kinds of things on our mind. It's happened for me today. But this is what I want you to leave with today. This weird week that we've observed today, he did it for you. Don't think about the spouse. Don't think about the children. Don't think about the neighbor. Don't think about anybody else. He did it for you. Jesus went through what he went through, that big long list that I share with you. He went through this horrible week that we're going to observe this week. He went through this weird, wicked week, stuff that he dealt with to redeem us. He didn't die that we would be saved. He died that we might be saved. Hmm. Would you bow your head right where you are? I trust you know him. But if not, today's a great day to get to know him. I trust today that you're walking in all the light that you should with him. But if not, today's a great day to start that. I trust today that you're relying on him in every aspect of your life. But if not, if Jesus could handle Holy Week... If he could handle this hard week that we observe today, he can surely handle any hardship you're going through. I trust that you're relying on him. And today's a great day just to turn your chin toward the heavens and say, oh God, I need you today. 
He is able to do exceeding abundantly more than you could ever ask or think of him. Lord, we praise you publicly today that I see more clearly what you went through to redeem us. The depth of sin, it's much more than I think we label today. The clutches of it, how it owns our culture, our society, our people. I invite you to visit lakeshorecmc.org to find out more online. That's lakeshorecmc.org.